Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore spooky stories of science discovery. It's Halloween, which means that we're getting into some scary seasonal science. Ooh, alliteration. This year, we're talking cats and mind control. (laughs) Mind control cats? Sounds like a plot for a horror movie. Exactly, which is why we're making our own scary movie that's based on the very real science of a very common cat parasite. Okay, so so I see here we have the, the, the pages for our script for this movie you wrote. Yes, it's a scary podcast movie. Actually, a scary podcast movie trailer. Ooh, wait, it's just the trailer? Yeah, okay. we're just right. wetting the appetites for more. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so what's my character's motivation, and am I going to go into a closet at the end of a dark hallway? Because you know you shouldn't open that door. <laughs> Marshall, what I want you to do is just channel all of your feelings about cats being evil. (laughs) Oh, evil cats. All right. I, I can see that. In a world where cats roam among us for better. I love you, my baby. And for worse. Really, Muffin? I already got you fresh water. There lurks a threat, so small, so devious, it is making mice lose their minds. It's Toxoplasma gondii, a parasite determined to infect its way to world domination. Sending out legions of new microscopic parasites, one kitty litter box at a time, until all mice lose their fear of cats. Here, kitty, kitty. Coming this Halloween to Tumble Science Podcast for Kids, Toxoplasma gondii, the cat and mouse chase just got more interesting. Okay, so I guess is Toxoplasma gondii coming this fall? Oh, it's already here. So it's a little parasite that infects mice and makes them lose their fear of cats? Yes. Toxoplasma gondii is the only way we're going to say it. (laughs) I see. So and then I guess being infected by the parasite makes the mice easier to catch, so then cats eat them more, and then I guess the, the... something with kitty litter what what's the play here (laughs) you've got the basic idea but like any trailer it's only a teaser of the full story and to tell our terrifying true science tale we have sebastian lorido a biologist who studies toxoplasma gondii and he said he's willing to play along with our film projects if you were to cast yourself in this movie, what role would you be playing? I'm thinking of Jurassic Park. I think I would be the cautionary scientist who's saying, like, <laughs> are you sure you were going to do that? Like, things don't always turn out the way that we think about it. 
Scientists are always saying that in movies, and honestly also in real life. <laughs> you know, they're always the ones who turn out to be right. <laughs> because they always have the most uncertainty. <laughs> so Sebastian is on a mission to find this parasite's weakness so he can destroy it. <laughs> And that's often the case in the horror movies as well, right? Where all of a sudden you identify some unexpected susceptibility in the alien creature, and that can be exploited to its defeat. Now I can see the final scene now, the scientist and the parasite face to face, or I guess microscope to face to face. (laughs) (laughs) What does the parasite even look like? Does it have a face? And where do the mice and the cats and the kitty litter come in here? Yeah, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let's go back to the beginning and set up exactly what we're dealing with. Oh, yeah. I mean, we should probably define what a parasite is first. Yes, let's do it. At the most basic level, we're thinking about organisms that really depend or rely on other organisms to survive. The organism that a parasite needs to survive is called a host. The host provides food and a place for the parasite to reproduce or make copies of itself. And Toxoplasma makes some cool-looking copies. So the parasites are kind of banana-shaped, or in some cases, a little bit more avocado-shaped. So it can look like a banana or a rounder banana. That's probably not the scariest-looking creature you could imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just a single cell, so it's really small, not intimidating, but it's big enough to see with a normal microscope. And it's got some special parts. That little banana shape at its very tip has very, very specialized properties. That tip is where the parasites can release very sticky substances that they use to stick to our cells. Ooh, a sticky banana. I've I've touched those before. (laughs) This is more cunning than your average banana. I don't know. Banana's pretty cunning. (laughs) And they can actually move those sticky substances down the length of the banana, if you will, to allow them to propel themselves forward. This sticky banana motion lets them act like a cellular cat burglar, breaking into cells with no one noticing. They are actually moving throughout our tissues and moving over our cells and moving into our cells. Once in the cells, they make themselves at home and replicate. All of a sudden reach a point where they start writhing and start moving around and finally burst out looking for new hosts, uh, new host cells to infect. And so it is maybe like a microscopic version of what we know from a lot of horror films. Okay, that's pretty terrible. Um, So that's how it looks like from the parasite's perspective, but what does it look like from the outside? Like, if you zoom out from inside the body and take the wide pan and just see a mouse and a cat, what, what, what are they doing? Nice film direction there. Okay, so the sun is shining. It's a normal day outside in a normal neighborhood anywhere in the world. And we see a cat on the hunt. So if your cat is hunting out birds in the wild or hunting mice in the wild, it can actually contract toxoplasma from eating those wild animals. And then it can bring the toxoplasma back into our home. Oh no, the cat's own nature. 
has become an agent for a kind of evil. There's so many layers to this, and that's why the movie really works. Yeah, <laughs> but sure. yeah. <laughs> Wild animals can pick up toxoplasma from their own environment and carry it. And toxoplasma wants to be carried straight into a cat. The parasite just waits and sees whether that host that it's found itself in is going to get eaten by a cat or not. So it's sort of like getting onto the first bus that comes to your stop and just kind of like hoping it takes you into the cat intestines that you want to end up in eventually. Toxoplasma does have a little trick up its little banana sleeve to sort of hijack the controls. At least in mice, scientists have seen that toxoplasma can cause a change in behavior. It makes those mice less willing to avoid cats. <laughs> so it's not just hopping on the bus. It's hopping on the bus, kicking the driver out, and then driving it right to a cat. <laughs> right. It's like whispering in the ear of the mouse, like, Don't be afraid of that nice little kitty. It wouldn't even hurt a fly. <laughs> Kitty is friend. <laughs> friend is kitty. Yes, and scientists know this because they've done experiments to reenact this situation. Yeah, in the experiments that have been documented, mice have this innate fear of the smell of cats, and very specifically the smell of cat urine. In the experiments, mice that aren't infected with toxoplasma stay far away from the cat urine. But mice carrying the parasite don't seem to mind it. And mice that are infected with toxoplasma seem to dampen that response, seem to lose their aversion, their fear of the cat smell. That's kind of nuts that there can be a parasite that can just infect you and make you want to love the thing that wants to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> And I have kind of like a side question. Is this why people love cats? Are they being mind-controlled by a parasite? Are they being mind-controlled by a parasite and it's only our dumb luck that cats are too small to eat us? That's a great question. And we'll find out the answer right after this short break. We're back. When we left off, we were wondering if human cat lovers are being mind-controlled by a parasite into loving cats. I'm really curious to know this because it could really explain a lot. <laughs> okay, I think you're talking about the cat lady stereotype here? I am, and I feel like this is the moment to find out if there's scientific validity to it. Are they forced to be that way by a mind control parasite? <laughs> Sebastian says that some scientists have looked into this idea, but they haven't made any real conclusions because it's actually a really hard question to study. Even if there is an effect and you see that cat ladies tend to be infected with toxoplasma more often than dog ladies. I don't know what the control would be. I really want to help design this experiment comparing dog ladies to cat ladies. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Which is more infected? <laughs> Even if you knew that, it would be hard to narrow down cat lover behavior to just this parasite. Is it because the toxoplasma made them more likely to get cats? Or is it because they love cats and so they are more likely to be exposed to toxoplasma. Yeah, that is kind of like a classic science problem. Like, what comes first, the parasite or the love of cats? 
<laughs> exactly. We don't know. But we can't assume that because a cat lover has the parasite, that's why they love cats. You can have this case where correlation does not equal causation. Just because two things happen at the same time, we can't assume that one thing caused the other to happen. I mean, umbrellas don't cause rainstorms. <laughs> exactly. We won't know until there's real evidence. But let's get back to our movie. The mouse has just lost the dangerous cat and mouse game. Now it's game on for the parasite. Cats play a very special role within the life cycle of Toxoplasma. A cat is where Toxoplasma finally feels at home because it's adapted to reproduce in cats only. It hijacks the cat cells to work like little Toxoplasma factories, creating millions more banana-shaped cells, and they hitch a ride out of the cat in their poop. And so an infected cat will sh shed millions of these infectious stages into the environment as part of their feces. <laughs> Man, so like one cat turd is like a little parade of invading army vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Little Muffin's kitty litter could be a minefield of infection for us. And by handling the kitty litter, individuals can become infected and then contract Toxoplasma themselves. Well, that's pretty um, gross, just in case you needed another reason to be grossed out by kitty litter. So is it common for people to be infected with toxoplasma? It is really common. Here's the statistics for the United States. The number of people who've been infected tends to be around 10%, one in 10 people. But then you go to places like where I grew up in Colombia, so Cali, Colombia, South America, there about 64% of people are infected. So your likelihood of getting toxoplasma depends on where you live. Yes, and that's because of different behaviors. Some countries have more stray cats, or some people might eat more raw meat that might be infected and get it directly without the cat intermediary. <laughs> oh, yeesh. That's kind of pretty alarming. So, But what does toxoplasma do to us beyond maybe making irrational decisions in an animal shelter? Well, first, it infects our own cells. The things that these organisms can do to our cells are unbelievable. The fact that these little organisms can burrow into our cells and somehow not kill them, maintain them in their lively state, and then start replicating inside, creating more and more of themselves, and finally burst out. Um, Sebastian sounds kind of disturbingly excited about that. I think it's like the moment in the movie where the main character is like appreciating the genius of his enemy. And just like, wow, you're so good at being evil. Kind of got to admire it. Those are incredible traits from any perspective. Okay, so but like, what's the evil plan for human domination? There really isn't one. Generally speaking, we are what we call dead-end hosts for Toxoplasma. Oh, so we're like the end of the road for the parasite? Yeah, its whole life revolves around getting into more cats through cats eating other animals. Of course, humans are rarely eaten by the cat. 
Thankfully, we're rarely eaten by our pets. I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) So when Toxoplasma ends up in a human, they're out of the game. But there are certain times in our lives or like different situations when Toxoplasma can be more dangerous to people if we're infected. They are an important human pathogen. They make some people very sick. So the biggest period of risk for humans is during pregnancy. Doctors always tell their patients that cleaning the kitty litter during pregnancy is a big no-no. That's because of toxoplasmosis, the illness that toxoplasma causes. And so that's sort of one situation where it can have very bad consequences for a developing baby. Like, oh no, I guess you can't empty out the cat box. That's really too bad. (laughs) But it's a well-justified excuse. Otherwise, there's a few instances when the parasite gets the opportunity to spread, and that can make you really sick. But for most people who are infected, a healthy immune system keeps toxoplasma in check. And so the parasites themselves would be so rare throughout the body that you would not really be able to detect them. Well, that's good news, and certainly for cat lovers who don't want to give up kitty litter duty for some reason. (laughs) But so what is Sebastian doing to fight them? Because they they seem like pretty formidable little microscopic banana-shaped enemies. Well, Sebastian is looking for treatments for people who do get sick. And he does that by learning as much as he can about how toxoplasma works. And we're starting to understand. We're starting to put together the clues. We're starting to see what the weak spots are, which are the processes that they depend on. And that's what ultimately gives us opportunities through understanding to to control them. Then he can make medicines that target those weak spots or make vaccines that keep people from getting infected in the first place. And then at the end of the movie, or many, many years, the scientist emerges victorious over his nemesis through a period of peer review. (laughs) Well, Sebastian has an edit to that ending. The heroes in real life are teams of people. They're not individuals. The true story is there's not going to be one single scientist or one moment of genius that solves everything. Many labs, including Sebastian's, are in the fight against Toxoplasma gondii for the long haul. Okay, but so what do we do about this? Is there a way to avoid this banana-shaped evildoer? Do we have to give up our pet cats? (laughs) All the kitties can stay. Because like so many sicknesses, your best line of defense is washing your hands really well. So if you take out the kitty litter, wash your hands. Make sure that things are being kept clean, particularly when you're going to then kind of prepare foods. Yeah, so the takeaway here is don't eat kitty litter, which... (laughs) On purpose or by accident. (laughs) Seems like solid advice to me. Maybe the end of the movie is more exciting, like a twist, like it was never really a horror movie. It was just part of life and us living in an ecosystem with parasites. And parasites aren't evil geniuses. They're just organisms that saw a creative way to live. So you're saying Toxoplasma isn't out to get us. It's just like, I just want some place to live and have babies. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Parasites don't have bad intentions. They just are. We often believe that there is no purpose. There is just opportunity. There is no purpose, just opportunity for parasitism. Now that you've heard our scary science movie trailer, write and perform your own. Choose something from nature or science that seems like it could be its own scary movie. Maybe it's a spider catching an insect in its web, which is definitely scary from the point of view of the insect. Or a zombie fungus. Write a short script for your movie trailer, then record it. You can do it with audio like us or video. Or you could even draw each scene from your trailer like a comic book. If you make a scary science movie trailer, we'd love to see it or hear it. Share it with us at tumblepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks today to Sebastian Larido, Associate Professor of Biology at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and a member of the Whitehead Institute. Special thanks to Amy Tremblay and Lisa Gerard at the Whitehead Institute. Want to learn more about Toxoplasma gondii? Tune into our interview with Sebastian on the bonus episode on our Patreon at patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. And we'll have more free resources to learn about Toxoplasma and parasites on the blog on our website at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Sarah Robertson-Lentz edited this show and designed the episode art. Elliot Hijaj is our production assistant, and Gary Calhoun-James engineered and mixed this episode. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote this episode. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I made all the music and sound design for this episode. Tumble is a production of Tumble Media. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery. Oh,